Welcome to the Enlighten Up Podcast, where I am going to take you into a deep exploration of what it means to exist in this current reality. We are going to raise your vibes, open your mind, expand your heart, and dive deep into the wondrous mysteries and possibilities of this lifetime. There's been a spiritual catalyst that has set in motion the awakening process of many across the globe to return to the knowingness of self and unite what has been separated. Together, we're going to bring light into that darkness. We're going to remember the joy of living. But most of all, we're going to turn up the volume of our own eternal power and do the thing we're here to do. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Enlighten Up podcast. I'm really excited today because we're going to talk about soul realignment and how we can use the Akashic Records to clear negative karmic patterns as well as discover who we are in regards to our relationships, our true authentic self. This is really interesting. Marilyn Penny is a soul realignment practitioner and life coach. Welcome to the show, Marilyn. It's so glad. I'm so glad to have you here. Thanks, Nicole. It's great to be here. Yeah. So you do a lot with the Akashic records and I'm assuming some levels of healing considering what you're, you're working with here. Yes. I work, um, in conjunction with people. So you're doing your, your own healing. Essentially, I'm just the guide and I, I go in and actually use a protocol with the Akashic Records. So it may be a little bit different from what people are used to. Um, so I can actually pull out specific blocks and request them to be cleared. And then as we go through a session, I can explain where these blocks are coming up and you can tell me where they are now repeating for you in this lifetime. And then we together, we remove them. So oh, it's okay. I love okay. It. <laughs> so for the audience, because this is really interesting, I think a lot of people will really um, enjoy this because our, our blocks when it comes to relationship, relationship is one of the most important aspects of being a human, <laughs> you know, how we show up in our relationship, first of all, our relationship to ourselves, our relationship to God, the creator, the universe, to everything around us is so important. But of course, our relationship to friends, perhaps um, a partner, all of these are really important in very intricate and integral parts to our journey here on this planet. So talk to me a little bit about how do we actually discover who we are through our relationships with others? Well, what, uh, what I do, for instance, in sort of a relationship reading. So if I do a relationship reading, say, between you and a parent or you and a friend or you and a business partner, I'll actually go in and find out wh where you were in past lives together and how you came together. So that sort of explains a lot. <laughs> Sometimes okay. I'll do couples and I'll say, you were, you know, parent and child in a previous relationship. And they're like, oh, okay, I get it. It's like, but that's not what's happening now. You decided to come back together because you've had these, these relationships in past lives. And then I'll uncover things like, here's the lesson that you are learning 
this other person is supporting for you and then their lesson and you, how you support them. And then we uncover the blocks to your relationship. You might have specific blocks between in your relationship that you don't realize. And I can help you alleviate those and bring better clarity to your relationship. So if you want to enhance that relationship, if you want to understand it, if you feel like it's not going anywhere and you'd like to sort of clear some things up or if you're single and you want to create a relationship what's mm. holding you back what what kind of stuff are you driving around from other relationships that you maybe go in and meet someone new but then the same stuff keeps happening and you're like why is this happening this is a completely different person well that's because those blocks are still there and you're okay. just repeating that process yeah. right and I guess that's what we're going to be doing with me in, in a little bit, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So for the audience, um, we're going to kind of let you in on some of, the, I'm not sure how much I'm going to show on this podcast, but uh, Marilyn has graciously offered to do a relationship reading for me. Now I asked her to do it in a way that you guys can benefit from it as well. Cause I don't want you guys just sitting here watching me get a reading. Um, but I think it'll be helpful for people to see like how, what you do may be a benefit to them and why they may want to work with you given what kind of shows up in this reading. Cause I'm sure I'll have different questions once we do that. So that's mm -hmm. going to be really interesting. And I have no idea right now, as I'm telling <laughs> you this guys, what is coming up? So <laughs> I do know you did do my, um, my tarot birth cards, which yes. were the star card and the strength card, which was really cool. Do you want nice. to explain to the audience what it, why you do that and what it represents really? Well, I just, I love tarot and that is not from the Akashic Records. I actually do a calculation just based on your birth date because you chose to incarnate on that particular date in that particular year. So I just calculate which major arcana cards connect with you for that birth date. And it's interesting how it all sort of ties together with then when I find out your soul personality and your divine gifts and it all relates. So okay. and it's just a nice little add on that I like to, to give yeah. to my clients. Well, who doesn't like to have the star card in there? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm glad we didn't see the the devil <laughs> come up in there. You know. <laughs> so, okay. So what has it been like? How, explain to myself and the audience here, what sort of shifts can people expect when they do a relationship reading with you or any kind of reading that's going to help them clear the blocks in that area of their life? Well, I think what happens, first of all, it's a very interactive um, session that I do. So I do all the work in advance and then we talk through it because what happens is when I identify a block and say at a certain age, this was going on, you need to talk it out to bring it into your conscious awareness and then we release it. So, you know, and then I give you 21 days of homework <laughs> to affirm the clearing, to just read it over. It's very simple, but what it does is it activates that clearing and it, it convinces the ego that we need to release this and it, and it gets into your subconscious mind. So that's where the sort of the magic starts to happen after we do the reading and as the days and weeks go by. I, and then you start to realize, oh, I, I, I didn't realize that that was coming up for me and it's not affecting me as it was. I've even had, I had one um, young woman and she emailed me and it had been months since we did a reading with her and it was a soul realignment reading. And she said, I ran into my ex and I wasn't triggered for the first time oh. ever. Like, 
I was so excited to hear that. And she said, I'm still releasing stuff and it's been months and she's in a new relationship and she's very happy. So that just, that just makes my heart sing when, especially when clients remember to come back and tell me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I think, oh, there's nothing worse than having an ex who you're still emotionally, there's an attachment there in a sense that you will still get triggered by whether it's just someone says their name, you know, or you see them across the road or I don't know. So you run into them somehow. Yeah. Yeah. That can be, uh, it can kind of be a little traumatizing when you're still, um, if in, depending on how extreme the relationship was in a sense of trauma patterns and toxicity and on and, and all of those kinds of things. I just, I'm thinking of one of my past partners from my mid twenties. And I remember running into him on the street one night when I was out with some friends and it was just the creepy crawly and like, I just, Oh yeah. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to be here. I just want to get out of here. I don't want to talk to him. And, um, Mm -hmm. but there was still stuff I had to clear and now it's, it's completely different, but yeah. Explain to me what kind of clearings you do. So you're clearing when you're working with emotional blockages and you're doing that clearing, how do you specifically work to, to clear? Well, I use um, a specific protocol. So I'm using a pendulum and I'm actually asking questions and figuring out what blocks are coming up. So, and it's only what your soul is ready to release. Because obviously if we released everything, uh, you know, from all the lifetimes and all, you know, it would be a, a healing crisis. So it's only what you need to know right now. So I'll find for you what blocks are coming up for you with respect to relationships that you need to release. And it's interesting because some people will say, oh, I really thought this would have come up from this. You like you mentioned your past relationship. Maybe you're not ready to 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 get into that with respect to what I do. Maybe there's some other things that need to come out first. So it's sort of a, a digging deep and appealing away of the layers of the onion to get to your divine soul. That's what we're looking. We're looking to get back to our divine nature, which is perfect and beautiful and loved. Yeah, that's, you know, just a few weeks ago, I had um, a woman on, uh, Giliana, uh Akin, and she, we were actually talking about, she reads people's soul contracts and she oh, decodes okay. them through um, the uh, phonetic sounding of your birth name um, on your birth certificate. And oh, okay. um, quite a few people in my audience have had their uh, their name decoded to get their soul contract. And, and I have with her and it's incredibly accurate. And one of the things that we were talking about last time she was on the show was this idea of healing and how important and like right now it's more about soul realignment. So allowing those fractal pieces to come back home into the heart, as opposed to trying to cut something away or remove something. And is that kind of similar to what you're doing? Cause you're calling it soul realignment. So that makes sense because it's not like you need to get rid of anything. It's just, it hasn't been in the right spot, you know, where it's in your field. Right. So when I do soul realignment, I'm actually finding um, karmic pattern, negative karmic patterns from past lives Mm -hmm. and also from present life experiences. So I will channel then stories for a past life and I'll say, okay, certain number of lifetimes 
times this is the situation and these are the blocks that came up. Perhaps you had a constraint or a vow or a negative thought form. So, and then I request the clearing. And as you talk to me about it, you would then, you know, allow the release or acknowledge the release and that it doesn't remove the story because the story happened to you, but it removes those, those blocks, those interfering pieces, because I have channeled stories that people have told me that's happened to me. That happened to me in this lifetime. So I'll okay. say, okay, so yeah. Oh, so let's count the bits that made it uncomfortable in this lifetime. So then you can move and make a new choice and that block won't impede you now it's gone. Okay. So that's so cool. <laughs> that that is that really is. And so I mean what I love about that too is you never want to remove your story because your story is what got you here. And you otherwise you remove the story, you're gonna have to go through the lessons again because it's no <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we don't yeah, we don't want nice. to do that. We don't we don't want to do that. No, thank you. Um, no need to start over from scratch. And I think that um understanding too that as difficult as some of the very challenging parts of our journey are to deal with and move through in the moment, uh, especially when we're going back to revisit perhaps some of the pain to help understand it. That is how I see what you're doing too, is that this isn't again about removing something, but it's about going back to the story and really understanding it from perhaps a different perspective, a different kind of lens that right. allows you to comprehend and give you context to why things may have happened. Because one of the one of the easy slippery slopes that I think a lot of us can slide down is thinking, what did I do in another lifetime to deserve this? Or we go into victim mode, like why me? Why is this happening to me? And, right. and granted, when it's all coming down on you, it's really easy to go there. I'm sure you have. I definitely have. It's not easy. So I think having that context, for me personally, I found that it can be very helpful. Yeah. And I and people are sometimes, they can be very sad when these stories come up and they'll say, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize. And, and they, and I say, it, it's not about being sad or upset, or if you need to feel those, those feelings, that's fine, but let's let's move on now. And I also talk to people about clearing things now. So the next time they come around, if they choose to incarnate again, that's going to be a little bit easier. And I actually talked to somebody who said, I think I'm having my vacation lifetime now because <laughs> I've done a lot of work in previous lifetimes. And I said, well, that's nice. How many times have I been like, okay, at least Nicole, after this lifetime, take some kind of vacation, like take a breather. <laughs> I Although I'm sure there were lifetimes before this one that were way more difficult. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think, and we're never meant to be done. I mean, that's, that's my understanding is I we're agree. not meant to be perfect and we're not ever meant to be done. So don't feel like you have to finish. Like I have some clients that are like, I'm going to keep doing these soul realignments until we're finished until it's done. And I said, well, okay, I'll work with you until I am no longer here. <laughs> if you would like. Well, you know, that's kind of like when you were saying you can't uncover everything in one session. It's like, and it's not going to necessarily go to the deepest, darkest wound that you have there that needs to be unblocked and revealed. You, you, it 
you've got to have some sort of compassion and understanding that this is a process and you need to be ready to handle it. And sometimes we're not in the right place to handle it just yet. And we have to be okay with that. That's right. And I I have taken people through several sessions with me and they just, we feel like we do go deeper and we go further back into more previous lifetimes. And then we start digging into a little more sensitive areas in current lifetimes. But I had a, a gentleman tell me after I'd worked with him for a year, he said, I finally let go of that, that age, that, that time in my life, in this life. And he said, I just feel so much lighter now because it's gone finally. And I said, Oh, I'm just so happy that you told me. <laughs> That's so, wonderful. Yeah. How did you get into all of this? Were you always um, interested in in the Akashic Records? Uh, Not at all. No. Okay. <laughs> it usually raised, isn't that way. Yeah, I was raised good Catholic girl. Um, <laughs> and really, until I had fallen down the depression well a few times and really didn't understand what was happening. I, I, I was in my mid to late forties. Um, my marriage was dead for years and I really, religion wasn't doing it for me anymore. I knew there was more, but I didn't know where to go to find it. And I think I just, I sort of fell into it. And then in my, you know, 52, I'm living alone. I'm single again, my 25, I was with this man for almost 30 years. Mm -hmm. And to kind of start over at that time, you know, I, on the one hand, I felt elated because I was, I finally felt free and I could be myself, my true authentic self, which is the first time in my life that I had lived alone and, and, and just started again. Um, So, and then I just sort of fell into the spiritual journey and then I wanted to be a life coach. I I knew that for a number of years and I was in hospitality and, and career counseling and all of that. So that made sense. But when I went through the training for life coaching, it was all about asking questions and asking questions. And I, I didn't, I wasn't getting that specificity that I wanted. And when I discovered soul realignment, it was just, it was like I had an awakening because it was so, it's so specific. And I even had a client tell me, I'm so happy to have a reading with you because I don't have to ask the questions. You tell me what's happening. You And I said, it's your soul that's telling me. And, and I love that part of it because they, you don't have to come up with your limiting beliefs. You don't have to tell me, uh, I will tell you. And then you affirm and say, oh, okay, that makes sense. Okay. I get it. So um, yes, yeah, so it's a, it's, kind of for me, it's a whole different spin because I've been to lots of readings and therapies and different things. And I just find this, it's really digs in and it it really complements, like I was saying before, it complements other therapies that people are doing. It helps to pinpoint some things that maybe you want to then explore a little more with whatever other work you're doing. Um, So that that's how I, I see it. Oh, okay. And so mm-hmm. just so the audience knows, did you hear that? She didn't start her coaching until like your early fifties, mid fifties. Yeah. Yeah. Really- and then during the pandemic, I just, I lost my job. Hospitality was really <laughs> no more for a long time. And that was my opening to really get into this. What would you say before we kind of get into the reading? Cause this is important. I really want my audience to hear this, especially those of you out there who just have been struggling, you feel like you're hitting a wall after another wall after another wall when it comes to really uh, developing and building 
this sense of purpose uh, that you feel really aligned with and you feel like it's how you're going to be of service in this world. Cause so many people will be like, well, I'm already in my forties or in my fifties or I'm in my sixties. Like what I, you know, what's the point I'm so far behind. Like, what would you say to them right now? I would say it is never too late ever. We're, I started over in my fifties and I feel younger than when I was in my thirties. I feel so yeah, Yes. Right there. And that's what I want everyone to understand because it's literally like stepping into some sort of time age reversal machine. When you start working with your passion, when you start working from a sense of purpose, because one it doesn't feel like work anymore. That doesn't mean you're not going to have to work hard at certain things, but like, even though I may sometimes put in, I've, I've, you know, last year was so difficult for me. I was putting in sometimes 18 hour days. A lot of people don't realize this, but there was a lot of behind the scenes stuff that I had to be doing. And there were times like I would be at my computer at 6 AM and I wouldn't go to bed until midnight. And of course that's exhausting. I'm not saying that's how you should work and and maintain that, but I loved what I was doing because I knew it was feeding my soul. It was giving me the sense of purpose. It was clearing a path for more for me to do. And I think that once you realize what it is that you're doing and you start actually living it and breathing it, it, I, I do believe that it's a time, it's an age reversal thing. You do feel younger. I'm going to be 60 next year. So I think I look pretty good. You do. You look great, Marilyn. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Well, yeah. And, and I think, and I work with a lot of women in my age group who, you know, maybe their marriage, they're at a long-term marriage and, and maybe it's over, or maybe they just feel alone in their partnership and their children who they've attached purpose to have now left the nest and they're having their own lives. And for me too, I defined myself by my job for so long. And when I would lose that job, I would lose myself because that's who I was. It was about what I did, not who I am. So when you finally understand that it's not about what you do, it's about who you are. And, and I call these, I call some of these women, you know, the, we're the in-between because you're sort of you just restart your life in in a sense right because if you do get married and have children it becomes all about them for Mm -hmm. so many years and you just disappear you just become like you know a functional person I am doing this for other people for years and years and years and then it all kind of goes away and you think well what what am I what am I supposed to do now I'm I'm too old to go get a job or I'm too I'm too tired and and that's when you realize that you, you need to just re look at all of this stuff and, and let's figure it out. I agree. I think that one, when you start to realize that I truly believe that we're going to be living well past what even like, I look at my parents who are in their mid and late seventies and I just see myself living at least at minimum 20 to 25 years longer than them. Um, I, I honestly believe I'm going to live somewhere between a one and one twenty, And I know that the belief is important to have, but I just, you look at our style of life now, like the way we, we have so much access to information to help us understand our bodies, what foods to eat, 
you know, how important certain activities that we do, like breath work, meditation, nature walks, like how all of that impacts our telomeres, you know, when it comes to the longevity and our age reversal. And if it's true, and I, and, you know, I've been listening to a lot of other podcasts where a lot of other people um, feel that, you know, living to 120 is not going to be that far-fetched uh, for those of us, um, especially those of you in your 30s right now, and, and maybe even your 20s. I think 120 is extremely uh, feasible. But if you hmm. think about that, 120, 60, girl, you just hit the halftime. Like, you know, like <laughs> you know. still got two more quarters to go. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, so don't give up now. <laughs> no, exactly. Like yeah. the, the more time you spend wait, like wasting on this thought process of I'm so far behind. What am I going to do? There's people who have been doing this so much longer than me. I wish I could have started in my twenties. I wish I could have started in my thirties. Like screw it. You were meant to start right now, you know, own it, be it, just do it. (laughs) And for me, I kind of, I come from a business background. So I had a whole 30 year career before I got into this work. So I, that really makes me connect with people from a practical standpoint. Yeah. Because I, I, you know, I, I have the woo, but I also have that practicality. And I like to actually have very specific steps that people can follow and and help them create the life that that they would like. And sometimes That's- it's about tweaking. It's not about a major overhaul. It's about, okay, let's see what gifts you have. And how are you, if you're not expressing them, what can we do? And if your job is not what you want right now, that's okay. Well, let's look at your off time. And then, and then you can start to make shifts, you know, like you, you know, you make that one little tiny shift in one spot and the rest, it kind of trickles down and it helps to enliven you in the other areas. Thank you for saying that because I think so many people get caught up in like, I just need this big shift. If this just big thing would happen, everything would change. It's like, no, actually it's the little, like you said, the little tweaks that over even just a couple of months, we're not, we're not talking years here. We're talking even just over a couple of months, you can see incredible progress. And what I love about the little tweaks is that starts to reprogram the subconscious mind that starts to reprogram all the little habits, which is what's really important in actually unraveling your destiny because how you do anything is how you're going to do everything. And so you really have to start thinking about what is it, those little practical things that a lot of times get lost in, I want to say the glamour and the drama of all of the (laughs) spiritual fun stuff, you know? Um, Because you think it's not enough. That's it's not going to make a difference. Like, you know, when you vote in an election or something, well, my vote's not going to make a difference, you know, like my little thing that I'm doing. No, every little thing cups, everything. Yes. Yes. The way you get out of bed in the morning, the way you, you know, start your day, the way you, and you don't get caught up in the, I'll be happy when this happens because just be happy now. (laughs) Yeah. The, the, the happy when is always coming from lack. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you feel like you need something, then you believe you don't have it, um, right. which yeah, is just going to create more lack. So, right. okay, cool. let's shift into the reading because I'm sure I'm going to have more questions for you as the reading goes and after the reading that will be helpful to the audience as well. So 
just so everyone knows you've already received all my information. Um, just tell the audience what you needed from me in order to do your reading so they know what to expect. Sure. So um, first of all, just permission to access your Akashic records. So I just need your, you know, your current name, your birth uh, name, uh, your birth date and the location of your birth. And that's all I need. Um, and typically I would ask also for an intention for a relationship reading. Technically we have the intention, but for a soul realignment, I would say, okay, which life area do we want to focus on? Um, so that just allows me to channel the information that's going to be most helpful for you. And it, it, and it opens your soul to what is most helpful for you. Okay. And just so the audience knows, we kind of chose the relation. Well, I, I kind of chose the relationship reading direction when Marilyn uh, and I were talking because I think it's going to be important over the next um, year and a half when the nodes changing from Taurus Scorpio into Aries Libra, we're talking about the relationship of self, your own identity versus your relationships. And so there are things about how you show up in your relationships, what your relationships hold that are being asked um, to be looked at and release a lot of those karmic patterns. So I'm hoping that this, re like, however we go about this, that it'll help guide you guys too as we get prepared for the nodal shift in July. So, um, so yeah. Excellent. So, and I just want to preface this by saying the types of relationship readings that I can do because I'm doing one just for you. Mm -hmm. So you can do one as you know, a single person, or even if you're in a relationship, I can do it just for you. Or I can actually go in and open two records and and do the combined relationship reading, which will uncover past lives you spent together, the the lessons that you're learning from each other, and sort of the in the blocks that come up based on your that specific relationship. So that could be for a spouse or partner, um, a parent, child, siblings, friends, business partners. Um, and if you are in a committed relationship, I can do it just for you on behalf of those two records. So you don't, if you have a partner that's really not into it, but you would like that information for yourself, I can actually do that. You can give me permission in certain circumstances, right? So parent, child, or partner, spouse. Okay, okay? perfect. Excellent. Okay. And um, so the first thing that I uncover are your, your soul's personality and divine gifts. So this can be helpful in sort of like we were talking about in, in figuring out your purpose and your direction and sort of how you're expressing your gifts. Um, so for you, you're, you're a change agent. So you're, you're really like a visionary, a teacher, um, and you, you have that just do it motto. And it sounds like from what you were saying, how hard you've worked that just do it is very, is very good for you. Yeah. Um, so, and you will, if you want something, you will jump in with both feet and just go. Right. It's so very that's true. Very yes. You. Okay. Good. I love, Good. I love that change agent. I'm glad you didn't Isn't say chaos. Cool? Agent of chaos. <laughs> agent chaos. Duty. Um, so, and you're also a big picture person, visionary, and some of your visions may be so grand that they get a little outside practicality. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Just so everyone knows, Nicole and I have not talked previously. So this is all, this is all brand new. Yeah. All cool information. Um, so, so what happens too is you want to get to your goal quickly sometimes. You don't like all the steps in between. So you're like, I want to do this and I want to do it now. And I, I don't want to take And I want it steps. done yesterday. Yes. Done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so that really the message for you is, is align yourself with people who can help you do those steps. 
and you stick to being your visionary so that then you can actually create more and faster because you're having people that can pick up and help you do those things. And that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It's something okay. that I'm looking to expand into this year, actually. <laughs> no kidding. Yes. Oh, yeah. so that's very timely. Fantastic. Um, and you're a great, obviously, a great writer, speaker, and you love to communicate, which clearly you do. Um, <laughs> and you also like you are very charming and you do like to be in the spotlight. That's okay for you. And that's wonderful. Yeah, it's funny because if people were following me, they'd say, oh, is that true, Nicole? Because there's a part of me that doesn't want to be in the spotlight. In fact, I struggled with being in the spotlight um, for the first half of my life. But as I started to face a lot more of my shadow elements and did a lot more of my inner child healing, what I recognized is my inner child actually really likes to be in the spotlight, not from that ego sense, but just from a place of like, she really, oh gosh, there's something going on here. Um, she really likes to hold the microphone. And I thought it's just, I just, I was going to say my microphone like moved here. I don't know what's going on. Um, and I have always struggled with my voice, but my 12th house is Gemini and I have Jupiter and black moon Lilith in Gemini in my 12th house. And so a lot of my, um, hidden talents, and strengths have been writing and speaking and communication um, from a place of Jupiterian energy, which is teacher um, uh, and things like that. And so it took some time though, in order to really get to those, I had to work through some of my traumas. Yes. But now that communication is important for you to mm -hmm. live your divinity. So the more you do it, the more you shine. Yeah. right? When, mm -hmm. when you're doing that. So, and it's all aligned. The communication is, is all over this um, because your divine gifts are um, communication and love. So for communication, you're a writer, you're a speaker, um, you inspire others through your words. So it's very important for you to have an audience, which you do. So that's incredibly aligned for what you do. Um, and you're also, you're highly verbal, which doesn't mean that you necessarily you talk a lot, but you process things out loud. Does that make sense for you? <laughs> so you? So you need people around you who can just shut up and listen. They don't necessarily need to help you figure it out because you can figure it out, but you need to process it in that way. So you just want to be around people who listen to you. Do you find that people got to interrupt you and say, well, just do this or just do that. And you're like, no, I just need to talk it out and I can, I will get there. Yeah. It's almost like, um, as I'm talking and I'm hearing myself say something, it's like all the puzzle pieces just start to click and fall into place. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So totally own that. Cause some people, I know, I think my daughter has this energy too. And she said, doesn't everybody do that? And I said, no, honey, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, this, that's where my dad steps in and I struggle with him because he always likes to interrupt me and, and come up with the solution. I'm like, no, 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 just hold on a second. <laughs> I'm working I through this. Getting there, getting yeah. there. Yeah. So it's kind of nice because people, there's a big ahas in some of this stuff. And also it's like, 
okay, give yourself a break. That's who you are. And it's okay. It's totally okay. So it's like, oh, okay. Um, so this is also the realm of authenticity um, in communication energy. So it means that you, you learn something and then you experience it and then you teach about it. So that is clearly what you do because you are experiencing all of these things and all of this work that you've done. And then you share your unique perspective on it all. So that's very important. Um, you're also a great teacher, but you also love to be a student. You're a lifelong learner, avid reader, all of those things, right? Not all that all makes sense. And you also have that inner wisdom that you can just give advice to people. And even if it's not necessarily in your wheelhouse, you can spontaneously give advice on something. And sometimes even that advice will surprise you. Does that make sense that sometimes you're yeah, like, like, where did that one just come from? <laughs> I know. I know. So that's, that's a unique gift. That's wonderful. Um, so the negative polarity or sort of the dark side of this is when your communication falls on deaf ears and you're not around people who value what you have to say. So it is important that you have an audience and clearly you do and they, and they love you. So that's, that's really important for you to express your divinity that that's, that's clear. Um, the dysfunction is when you communicate to no one. So I, I work with people who have this energy that, you know, they journal all the time or they're writing or they're going to write a book someday, or they're gonna, or they, you know, talk to themselves or their cats or their, but they won't express it to other people. They won't have that audience. And it doesn't have to be a big audience. An audience of one is fine. One is fine. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. That, Get that out. is something I struggled with for the first at least 30 years of my life. Um, and then I had to start exploring opening up and my audience is very familiar with me getting very vulnerable on this channel through my Ron Real series. Um, but yeah, I had, I struggled a lot with communicating with my words in general, but also um, expressing what I was feeling. I would just journal about it and not talk about it with anyone. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So that holds it in and then you're not expressing your gift and that unlocks your abundance too. Right. Mm -hmm. So you need to express this is gift. Marilyn. This is so cool because what you're doing is like for everyone who's here um, listening right now, you're literally tapping into a lot of the stuff that I am going to be working with, with my forbidden journey program, because I use 12th house astrology to, um, as, um, a tool, not as the main thing, but it is part of what I use to help people discover their hidden talents and their purpose and their strengths, but also where their weaknesses can self-sabotage things and how to bring, um, light around the darkness so that the really big gems that you thought were actually not that great are going to shine. And you're literally hitting on every single one of my Jupiterian, um, <laughs> 12th house. Yeah. Stuff. So it, this is really cool to listen to. So I, I just want to say to everyone, she's nailing it. <laughs> Good. Well, and it's so affirming for me too, to, yeah. you know, to work with someone like you who has all of these other talents and skills and the astrology part of it and all. Yeah. I just, I love it. I'm still pleasantly surprised when people say, oh yeah, that makes sense. I'm like, yay. So that's great. Okay. So divine love is your other energy. So um, in this work, and I, I didn't explain earlier that we have eight energies that we've identified. So it's sort of like an astrology, you have a little bit of all of the signs. Mm -hmm. So this is like that, but this your primary is communication, which makes so much sense. Your secondary is love. So you are innately 
an expert at being in relationship. You know what that means. You know how to do that. I know <laughs> you've been single for like almost a decade. I mean, there's been little relationships here and there, but yeah, uh, it's it's my next hurdle of what I'm trying to move through because I know it's necessary to my journey. Right. And mm-hmm. and it's interesting because it's relationships in general. So yeah. friendships, business mm-hmm. partners, you know, parents, that sort of thing. It's not, it's not necessarily a partner, but you know that you're you are good at that. And that could mean too that sometimes you go all in without it being necessarily serving you in a relationship, right? So we've got to get through and knock out some of these blocks so that you can then attract the right person for you. And then you will be fabulous at it. So that's what we're going to do. Um, And you're also a natural healer. So although that is what you do, a lot of people with this energy, it's just who they are. So people like to be around you because your energy is so healing. It's so great. But it's also the message that you don't always have to do things for people to show your love. You just have to be there for them. Mm. You may be the type of person that's always doing, doing, doing for other people. And sometimes you could just go and sit with someone who is going through a rough time. You don't necessarily have to bring the ice cream and the cookies. I mean, you can, but, (laughs) but you could just say, you know what? I'm just going to come and sit with you and whatever you need to say or talk or cry. I'm here. And that's, that's, yeah, that's been definitely one of the lessons I've been um, exploring more and learning how to get more, uh, get out of my masculine energy that just wants to be the problem solver. (laughs) Right. And the doer and the doer doer, um, and just make it all better. Like, let me just make it all better (laughs) for you. And I'm yeah. like, you know, I don't need to make it all like that. That's not necessary. I can just be here. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And you hold that space of acceptance and non-judgment for people. So that's really important for that, for that energy as well. Um, you like to be, so you like to support people in relationships, but you also need to be supported. And because of that masculine energy, you may not allow yourself to be supported. So you're always going to be the one that gives too much in a relationship. So yeah. it's that balance that you've, you've, you need to find, you need to sort of figure out what you're receiving in return, because if you go into a, uh, the negative side or the dark side of this, um, you continue to be unsupported, then you may just fall into helplessness and then you need to be supported. It is forced on you. Okay. Let me, let me talk to the audience here about this one because it's important. Um, This has been a major lesson that I have been going through over the last year that I don't think I've really talked about too much or extensively. I may have hinted at it, but I've had to really reevaluate my relationships, especially over the last six months, because I'm, I was really starting to notice that how I thought I was going to receive the same kind of support that I was bringing into a certain kind of, like, even just like, let's just say a friendship. Cause I think right. that's been the most challenging one for me and realizing that actually I'm when it re- when I really need it. Cause I don't typically need a lot of support all the time. I've been pretty self-sufficient, but I also know it's important for me to have. And I need in order for the universe to support me, I've got to learn how to receive support. And so um, it's been an eye opener for me the last six months and realizing that as much as some people will say that they're going to show up in that way, time can be your greatest ally because it can either promote someone or it can demote someone or expose them. And 
time has really shown who's getting promoted and who's not. And I don't say that from a malicious place. It's just a reality. It's a fact. It's, it's one of those things where you really start to make hard decisions when, especially when you're really wanting to go after um, your big dreams and you're really wanting to um, explore all that you have to offer in this world through all different avenues and areas of your life. You can't do that with the kinds of people around you that aren't going to support you in the way that you need that. And it's kind of like that saying, you know, like the, uh, what's that movie with Adam Sandler? (laughs) Was it, um, Billy, um, the Billy, what's the, I can't even remember the name of it, but he basically, there's a little line in there. that says, Oh, if you want to soar with the Eagles, you can't fly with the turkeys or you can't hang around turkeys. Right. And it's like, and I, and I say that with so much love in my heart, I'm not saying like (laughs) my friends are turkeys or anything like that, but it's, it's a kind of energy. It's like, do you just want to like stay in the same spot and like roam the area that you're in, which is like the comfort zone, or do you really want to go to new heights and go beyond the horizon and explore? And in order to do that, you need certain types of people in your life that are in your close knit circle. And I have been slowly starting to shift my very close knit circle because of this very lesson that you're talking about in realizing that I can't do this alone. I need the support for what I'm planning and where I'm planning to go and what I'm already going through and have gone through. It doesn't, it, it, there's just no room anymore for the people who are all talk, but no action. Right, right. And you may find yourself in this energy to modeling behavior. So you start doing for other people what you're looking to get for yourself. And that tends to backfire because then you just overdo for others and you become a doormat and people will, some people will take from you. Right. So, and I just wanted to say another point I just posted yesterday on my Instagram, a a quote that said, light your life on fire and find the people who will fan your flames. Like don't, don't hang around with those negative Nellies. And, you know, and I have long-term relationships, 40 years. I've known some people I went to school with and, you know, we're still friends, but I find it's very surface like, and, you know, we'll get together once in a while and we message here and there, but I know how far I can go with those relationships. Mm-hmm. And they're okay. I can stay in the background. I've known them forever. It's it's all fine. But I I am finding people that will fan my flames, people that believe in me and not sort of say, oh, that's, you know, that's cute what you're doing. But mm, no. And I'll just say, well, <laughs> no, this is great. I love what I'm doing. So and, and I'm just so <laughs> yeah. And I just want to make it clear here. So the audience doesn't get the wrong idea. I'm not saying that you stop being friends with all these people. Like some of these people I'm still friends with, but like I said, I'm reevaluating my like immediate five, you know, my close, my very close inner circle. Some of these friends, yeah, they've gotten demoted to outside that circle, which means they're (laughs) not going to get the potency that they're used to getting from me. And it doesn't, it's not a punishment. It's not like an intended downgrade. It's just a reality of, I can't, continue to give to something that doesn't know how to give back to me in the same way. And so to those of you, you don't have to necessarily cut people out of your life all the time. Like you said, you may just, they may just go a little further out on the, on the circular, you know, field of where, (laughs) you know, they get the most from you. And let's face it, 
the center is the best part. That's where all the potency <laughs> is. And only a select few will really get to be there. And at this point, like you said, my, one of my, um, character traits, um, that was, I guess a beautiful thing and also a negative thing, um, is that I would always give people the benefit of the doubt and I would always give them more than what they earned initially. I would never make someone earn their spot with me. And now I'm switching it up. It's like, you don't just immediately get to come into the inner circle. You've got to earn your way in. And likewise, I would do the same for someone else. I would want to earn my way in and show, you know, the kind of friend I am or the kind of confidant I am, you know? And so I think that's important to, to recognize. Yeah, absolutely. As my partner says, first tier friends, second tier friends, second tier friends. <laughs> and they all have purposes. Hey, sometimes I just want to go out with one of my girls and we're going to go out and drink mimosas on a Sunday, you know, and like, that's fine. And we're just going to like talk some smack and, you know, and have a good time. It's not going to be spiritual. It's not going to be, I'm, I'm down for that every now and then there is nothing wrong with that, but like, that's not going to be my every, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. every day. That's yeah. Right. No, that's great. It's wonderful. Okay. So, um, the next thing I uncover is soul contracts that we have. So in this, in this work, we identify, uh, protection contracts, healing contracts, or soul contracts. So, and, and there are different interpretations of soul contracts. So what, um, my understanding is through this work is that when we, when we present with a soul contract, it means we have connected with another soul for a purpose that binds us together. And it's not necessarily a healthy connection because we all have our own ability to create. But sometimes we will, you know, come across someone in our life and we will bind ourselves to them. And that will impede ourselves having relationships with other people, right? Because it's sort of clogging up our, you know, our our alleyways to, uh, to having an abundant life with other relationships. Um, so the first one that I found for you is a protection contract. So it was created, um, it's present life. You are the protector in the contract and it comes up at age 23. So that's 2000, 2001. Okay. <laughs> that's an interesting time. Okay. Continue. Okay, so no, this is where you tell me then. So oh. if you if you wanted to the degree that you would like to share, does it make sense to you that you have you want to protect this particular person? Honestly, and they may not even be in your life anymore, but you at one time bound. So you still have sort of part of yourself. So, is okay, it's interesting because right around that time, I was in a relationship with someone who we ended up being in relationship from my, I was 21 till 24. And okay. the that particular relationship, um, I was emotionally drained. Um, this guy was very jealous, very possessive. And he I wasn't happy in that relationship. I stayed because he always gave me the impression that he would fall apart if I left. And so every time I tried to end things and move on, he would threaten to commit suicide. Oh, um, and so I, you know, there would be times where he would say, I haven't eaten in days. 
I don't want to leave the house. Uh, my mother's worried about me. He was still living with his mom, but he's living in the basement. Um, and I would be guilt tripped into coming back into the relationship until finally the last moment where this, I, I put an end to this, at least in this particular relationship was when he, I told him like, I needed to break up with him. This was the summer of 2001. Um, yeah, 2001. And I told him, you know, like it's over. I I'm not happy. Um, I need, I, I, I need to be happy and I'm not happy. And he again started to cry. He started to pull all of this emotional manipulation on me and how much he loved me and he was sorry and he can't live without me and all this kind of stuff. And it was so exhausting and consuming that it, it kept breaking me down to the point where I decided, okay, oh, we'll stay together. But what happened is as soon as we decided to drive, because we were just getting onto a highway and he was driving. And I remember we were getting onto the on-ramp to get on the highway. And I started to have a panic attack. My whole body started to break down. I started to breathe really heavy. I couldn't get my breath. I started to have my, my body started to go numb. And I was like, I felt like I couldn't breathe. And I said, you need to pull over, pull over right now. And he's like, what's wrong? I'm like, pull over. We're done. We're, we're done. We're broken up. I can't do this. My body's telling me this is wrong. And I, I go, you, I cannot kill myself to be with you out of fear that you're going to kill yourself. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. And so I think that might have something to do with it. That, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So do you think that you may have a tendency in relationships that you need to protect people or you're attracting people that make you feel like you need to protect them in some way? Um, I would say that was definitely more common um, in my 20s and in my 30s. In my 40s, it's less common now. But I do, I have still sensed and seen that not all the time, but every now and then, I'll meet a guy, we will go on a date or a couple of dates and it's someone who's really needy. Like they really need me and they, they don't want me to leave their life. Even if we just met a few times, you know, and it's just all of a sudden, like there's this, this attachment that you must stay in my life with me. And I, I'm wondering if it's, it's a tie to this particular contract. So, and that falls in line with that love energy that you have. People just love being around you. And then you have that tendency to protect. Well, that's who's coming to you. So we release this contract. So there may be other protection contracts that come up, but this is the important one. This is the okay. one that you need to let go of. So obviously you've done work on that and you've released it to a level of consciousness. I consciously understand that I, I have done that in the past and I'm not doing that, but this is going to release it from a deeper level so that you can now energetically attract, you know, that person that doesn't need you for that reason. Cause that brings out your masculine energy too, right? Cause you're like doing, doing and helping and all that stuff. So, so that's how cool is that? <laughs> no, that, yeah, no, that's really interesting. What an interesting time you just picked there. <laughs> I know. I love that. <laughs> okay. So the next one I found was a healing contract. So uh, this is present life as well. And you are the healer. And this is from age 16. 
9394. So is there someone in your it was in your life at that time that you were sort of feeling you needed to heal, you needed to be with them? Not necessarily a partner, it could be any in any relationship. 9394. So 16, 17? Age 16, yeah. Um I'm trying to think. There was one girl I played basketball with, and I think she had some sort of illness that came up um unexpectedly. And she didn't really have a lot of support from her family. And so she would um, open up to me and um, yeah, I felt the need to be there for her um, just because she didn't really have anyone. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So, so having a healing contract and it's, it's very lovely, but it takes your energy to be bound and, and contracts sort of imply obligation as well. And we don't want to be obliged to help anybody. We want to do it as we choose to do that. So, and you may have a tendency to, when you're in a relationship, any kind of relationship that you have to be the healer because that's who you are. But this, this is a binding. This is something that you, your soul decided to connect with this person. And clearly you've moved on like this is many years ago, but it's still kind of stuck there in your soul. And this is something else that we can release. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's, 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 you know, and this is what's so interesting too, for everyone to understand is that definitely I've done some work around that because there's certain people that even one of my, my intimate relationships over the last four, five years, um, you know, he always came from a place of needing me to be like that healer for him. And mm -hmm. I realized like there was a part of me that wanted to do that because I liked feeling needed. Yeah. And that was like my, my inner child wound is like, oh, if you need me, then I'm loved, you know, like, so when I'm needed, I'm being loved um, or I'm lovable. And so, um, but that is something that I've recognized is not a healthy pattern for me. And, um, <laughs> but there's, this is the whole thing is like, we think that we may have cleared all of it, but there's just always these little remnants that keep popping up that, you know, you may yeah. have cleared a good chunk of it, but this stuff can still permeate into your reality. Yeah. And it's just looking at it from a different angle. And that's mm -hmm. why it is good to do a variety of things to clear your blocks. I think it makes a lot of sense to, you know, just not assume that everything is done all at once. It's, it's about looking at it from different angles and experiencing it differently. And this is kind of interesting. I love this part when I can pick out a certain age because it really makes you think, oh, that's when it started. That's when yeah. I, it was triggered at that point. And now it just has become a tendency that, I'm understanding, but I'd like to take that out. I'd like to remove that particular instance and see if that brings some ease now to my future relationships. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Um, now the life lesson. So um, in this work, and we don't like to think of it as school is hard and there's lots of lessons, but we do bring lessons forward with us. Um, so we have, you have a life lesson that relationships support for you. And that lesson is autonomy which is very interesting because you may not always be autonomous in your relationship. So it's a lesson that you're learning and you're at 58% complete with that lesson. Oh, so wow, we have, have a percentage. 
I have oh, a I'm, a, I'm a C minus is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> or, or would yes. we call that a D plus? I don't know. Well, yeah, let's go on the plus side. <laughs> um, so that's a, a lesson that you're learning. And actually I have a current, like it, it, the aspect that shows up is love is blind. So that's, that's the current aspect that this lesson is showing to you. So how does that, how does that hit you? Is that yeah, something no, that, that hits, that hits. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's okay. a pretty accurate target you just hit there. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, part of this is too, is because there's a part of me that just wants to love so deeply and so grand, you know, um, like just... Him. Yeah. Go all in, you know, like I love to be all in. And, um, sometimes I go all in without really realizing what I'm going all in to. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, so autonomy is an important lesson for you to remember. You still want to be your own person. And a lot of people, and I know I did when I, cause I was young, I was 23 when I met my husband who would be my husband for 25 years. I just, I wasn't my own person anymore. I was his wife. And then I was my daughter's mother. And then I was still, you know, a, a child of my parents and I was a sister and I like, it just was all these things to other people. And for you in particular, you need to have your autonomy, but you still want to be in a relationship. And sometimes that can be counterintuitive. It's like, I can't be my own person and be in a relationship. That's impossible. A lot of people think that. And that's why people choose to stay single is because they no, I'm not going to lose myself in a yeah. relationship. And that's, that's something I did all through my twenties and all of my relationships. I completely lost myself in um, my twenties in my thirties. Um, I did kind of lose myself, but in a different way, it was through because I was in a pretty toxic relationship that was he was an alcoholic. And so I put up with a lot of um, emotional um, abuse and, um, mental abuse, I guess that it just, I, it, it wore me out to the point where I felt like I was nothing. So that's been something that I've been working on that whenever I am dating someone new that I am still maintaining, because there is that part of me that just wants to jump all in and go like, yeah, let's just love each other. And like, it's so great. <laughs> Um, I'm like, who doesn't love love? And um, I have to, I have to pump the brakes. And so I've been, I, I do catch myself um, having to like, okay, Nicole, just bump the brakes a little bit here, you know, like as, as fun and as nice as this is. Um, yeah. I, I, it's, it's something I have to, it's, I have to consistently be conscious of it because it's too easy to slip into it. Not as easy as it used to be, but it's still easy. Right, right. So hopefully by bringing awareness to all of this, it sort of helps you to bring more ease to it, that you will maintain that autonomy and then attract that person who will support that mm -hmm. lesson that you're learning. 
So that's really cool. Um, and the next thing I look for, and this is the last piece of the reading, and these are your blocks that are coming up. So um, because we're not doing this with another person, it's just your general relationship blocks that are coming up. So I've come up with four. Um, the first one is a negative thought form with the energetic, the energy of withholding. And that um, was created by you at the age of 28. So that's 2005, oh. 2006. Yeah. Oh, okay. well, yes. Um, this is when I went through my dark night of the soul. I've talked about this on my podcast several times. Um, so anyone who's been around the podcast knows what I'm talking about. It's I was cheated on by my ex-boyfriend. I just went into the darkest place and I said, screw that. Um, and I'm just never going to give anything again. <laughs> so that makes that withholding then makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's still stuck there. So okay. we need to remove that. I mean, that's from a long time ago, right? So there's maybe a part of you always that's, although you go all in, there's still that little piece of you and your subconscious going, I'm not, yeah, I'm not giving it all. I, I can't. Yeah, I can't no, it's it. true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So releasing that is a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have an imprint. Um, the next thing it's, it's in your fourth chakra mental body. So that imprint is that stamp that says, this is, this is what's going on with me now. Um, this happened at age 30 and it comes up as he who fails to prepare prepares to fail. So that's 2007, 2008. So had you been in another relationship at that time? Um, It's so interesting that it comes up at that time because 31 is when I quit my job and I took my one year sabbatical. Um, mm -hmm. like that. So the year before that is what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. ah, I know what it is. Oh, I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I love it's that. From my ex best nerd. friend. Oh, this girl, she, um, bless her heart. Uh, we were best friends all through university college until I left for the Cayman islands. And I remember during 2007, um, so I had just turned, I was just 30, maybe three months and I come back to Toronto to visit and we were at the, um, we were at some rooftop bar, her and another one of my really close friends. And, um, the plan when I moved down to the Cayman Islands was I'm just going to go for six months and I'm going to work and I'm just going to kick it off the bucket list and that's it. But I knew within three weeks of me moving down there, I was like, I ain't coming back. Like this, this is just for me. And she was Oh my God. She would literally say those words out loud all the time. It was like her mantra. Oh, and, oh my God. And so she, um, I, I'll never forget this moment. We were sitting on the rooftop bar, August, summer night, Thursday night. And she's like, so when are you coming back? And I said, I don't think I am. And she's like, what do you mean you're not? And 
it basically, she broke down into tears, angry at me. And she's like, well, what's your five-year plan? What's your 10-year plan? What are you <laughs> going to do? Like all of this stuff to me. And I was like, whoa, I, I, I'm just 30 years old. I just want to live my life. Like I'm really enjoying this and this is the way I want to explore it. And I get you have a very regimented like plan. Like you've got everything figured out for the next 20 years. Um, and she used to say to me, if you, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Like she said that to me all the time. Oh, are you serious? <laughs> so it's still sitting there. So you said ex best friend. So I assume she's gone into the, Oh yeah, no, no, no. We, we had a, yeah, we just, we just drifted apart. Let's just say that. Okay. All right. So that little thing is still sitting. In I wasn't there. part of her long-term plan. Let's put it that <laughs> way. <laughs> right. Right. So, but I, it would be interesting to know, you know, how much of her planning actually happened for her because you know what they say, you know, planning and God just laughs. Um, I think her planning did work out for her, but it came with some very serious health costs. Uh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That mm -hmm. makes sense. So, so that's a nice imprint that we can now release from you because you've been carrying that around since you were 30. So it's okay. been a while. Wow. Didn't know that. That was a good one. That was a good one. Good. Good. I, guess I love it. And okay. The next one is an illusion that you have in your second chakra emotional body. Um, and the illusion expresses itself as actions speak louder than words. Yeah, don't they? <laughs> Am I so, wrong? Is, is there something wrong? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's interesting because when this comes up often for me when I do relationship readings, and I always think, okay, so how does this come across for you? Because is it is it that the actions and the words don't match, or is it that you're not listening to the words because you're always looking for the actions and you don't, or you don't believe the words oh. and you're looking for backup. You're always looking for, well, show me, show me, show me. And they're telling you, and maybe it's not matching. So you're like, no, I want bigger actions. I think that's a fair statement. I, and this is my problem. I have very high expectations of myself and I mm. will sometimes okay. transfer that into my relationships, which I'm trying not to do. I'm, I am aware of it. It's still something I'm even struggling with today. I literally had a thought about it today about, um, someone in my life. Uh, and I think it's because I'm starting to really dance that fine line of trying to figure out how to um, manage my relationships of who's in my inner circle and who's on the periphery and how far out in the periphery are you? Because like we've been talking about, I'm an all in, I'm like, I'm an all or nothing kind of person and I can't operate in life. Like that's not fair, you know, like, and it's also, it can be very self-destructive. And so I'm trying to manage how to balance um, my relationships on where to place them um, in, you know, where I'm going to give the majority of myself and what parts of myself am I willing to give to the periphery and when. And, and that's been something that's been difficult because I think sometimes I have, and this comes from also my father had very high expectations of me. 
and um just growing up as the firstborn i was always like getting a's in school i was the um athlete of the year through like in my grade 8 i was always on that uh if i wasn't a captain i was always like second on an athletic team in my high school it was like always you just have to come at your best you know because if you're not at your best like what's the point and so that i can see how that might be what you're referring to. Okay. Okay. So this, again, everything that you release is all based on your intention and your willingness or interest in releasing it. So yeah. if you deep down don't want to let that go, that's okay. Um, it's just something to consider when you are in a relationship. I think I can be a little more generous with my patience and <laughs> <laughs> um, how quickly I decide things. Like I don't need to like come to a very swift decision within one fell swoop, you know, like I can let things play out a little bit, although, and that's the problem is sometimes I let them go on forever or they don't even get a chance. And so again, it's just trying to manage my one, manage my expectations, but also just manage where my relationships sit now and, and knowing that there, there literally are tears. Yeah. And, and just understanding how all of these sort of blocks are impeding your relationships are getting in the way because the previous relationships we've had are dictating where we're moving forward. So we kind of drag that stuff with us. And that's really a great thing about this work is that we can actually go in and talk about those relationships and say, okay, this is still sitting there. You're carrying that you cleared a lot of stuff, but there's still this one thing that maybe that will just create enough of a shift that it's going to bring you then the person that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. So that's really cool. And the last thing I have for you is a vow of silence from the age of 26. A vow of silence. Now you haven't been married, have you? No. But did you have, did you live with this person that you were with at the time or you know we didn't no we didn't live together um I the only person who ever lived with was my the alcoholic ex in my early to mid 30s um but so it's interesting because I I, when I saw the vow and typically it's there's some kind of ceremony around a vow kicking in so I was surprised because I didn't know if you had been married before so I thought well I wonder Well, 26 was when, oh gosh, is when, um, we finally broke up for the final time. Okay. Um, because I found out he was cheating on me. Um, but uh, I don't, it was also, I don't know if this is part of it. But I also had an abortion with him. Oh, gosh. And had you ever told anybody? Um, I have. I have talked about it more. And I think I've mentioned it on my podcast maybe once or twice, but not in great length. Um, mm-hmm. I think I've talked about it because I don't think we talk about that topic in the ways that need to be talked about um, in that it as much as there are certain camps that want to um, be pro-choice, which this isn't about, this isn't to debate whether pro-choice is right or wrong. It's 
there's not enough discussion about the pain that a woman feels even just doing that. Our society is trying to push this, like it's your body, your choice, but you do have to live with that decision. Right. Right. The education is not complete, obviously. Yeah. And there's no support because there's no emotional support. There's no mental support. And obviously this is still a touchy wound. It's still tender. And it's crazy because I've been working on this one a long time. But um, I just wish that as a society, we would be more open and honest about all of the trauma that comes with that and not just try to make it about You don't need to feel guilty. It's your body. It's your choice. And regardless if you believe that or not, there are still emotional consequences and mental consequences to making that decision. Yes. So I think when we talk about that vow of silence, it's almost like um, you're not allowed to talk about it because it's supposed to be okay. Right. And you you may have a tendency in relationships to stay quiet when you need to speak up. Yeah. And like you're saying, you stay in too long sometimes, or you cut out too soon. And both of those things could be because you don't speak about what you truly want or need. Yeah. I think it was, um, and, and I think that's, expression of our emotions of our feelings no matter if they might be right or wrong is is not of debate you know it's that and and this is one of the reasons why I talk um I've done a few talks about this where I talk about the um importance for men to express themselves as um openly as they need to whether it's what a woman wants to hear whether it's you know, appropriate or offensive or not, it doesn't matter because it's not about you. It's about them being able to share their feelings. And typically men in our society have not been given the right platforms. Or when I say the right platforms, I mean, the like, just like a platform truly to actually express themselves in the way that women have. And so, and, and I know this is kind of jumping topics, but it's of the same kind of um, meaning in, in that we just need to be allowed to express things like, and get them out in the open, whether someone might be offended, whether someone might be hurt, like, listen, life's not fair. Sometimes we're going to hurt each other, but it, if the intention is just to, you know, understand one another and get things out and get clarity, like that has to take precedence. And so I think that's something that, now, even as we talk about this, as, as I'm talking out loud, <laughs> um, I'm starting to understand why um, uh, communication is so important to me <laughs> mm-hmm. and also being an advocate for communication. Yes. Yes. And my energy is interestingly is truth. 
So I have struggled with that, with sharing my truth. And sometimes I can be blunt and I will say something as I see it, because I can see what's going on sometimes behind the scenes. And I, I will say, this is what I think is happening. And sometimes it doesn't land very well. So I'm <laughs> learning how to, you know, know, finesse what I say so that other people can hear it. But I need to be around people who can take me for my true self. Yeah. And that's, that's how I express my gifts. Mm -hmm. So that's why this work is really important to me too, because it brings you down. It gets you into the realness of what's going on. Yeah. 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 Wow. This has been so interesting. I hope the audience, I know they had to listen to a bunch of my stuff and, and guys, it was, <laughs> I didn't mean for it to be about that, but I hope that just through you and I doing this and sharing <laughs> what comes through and how the, you were able to pick something up and how I was able to anchor into a specific moment, given the time, like the, the year, the age, all of that. And I have to say, like, there were a couple of those were really powerful. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like the one about my, my ex best friend, you know, like the planning <laughs> that that one was just wild. Cause that yeah. one was that imprint is so <laughs> <laughs> that's important. It's important to remove these things. And I think some of your audience will probably recognize some of these blocks perhaps yeah. that they, yeah. so yeah. And I, I love doing this work. I absolutely, it's my favorite thing. <laughs> and again, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And so when these, when you have these opportunities to do this kind of work um, with someone like yourself or, you know, anyone that's going to help you reveal some of these things that are locked away in our subconscious or unconscious mind. And we don't realize that it's still in the field, still lingering, you know, um, there <laughs> that right. it's um, when you do get some idea of where it is and you can pinpoint a memory, it's really helpful to kind of then start to draw connection points to like, Oh, that's why that still happened today. Or that's why, you know, and so once you know that um, mm -hmm. you can start to shift. Right. And that's why we're making different choices. Yeah. It's like repeating patterns. It's like the, the needle is stuck in the groove of the record. It's just, it's skipping. It's just going and you, you will go into another relationship and the same stuff is going to come with you because those blocks are still there. So that's why we remove these and we start to do something different. We get, we have a shift and then we can create uh, something new. Oh gosh. I've never even, you know, that, that metaphor is so powerful and I don't know why. Cause like, I, I know it's been used before, but just you saying it in that moment, that idea that, yeah, the record just keeps skipping and like playing that same <laughs> yes. part of the song over and over and over and over. And it's just like, get to the next part already. <laughs> You're like um, banging to get yeah, that. Cause that's, that's oh. exactly what it's like. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I've been wow. there myself. And I know, and I have created a new partnership that I love. And that's because I've done all this work for myself too, um, because I, I want to set an example and I want to inspire others to do, you know, what I've done and transform the way I have, because my life is completely different than it was 10 years ago, completely different. I am looking forward to my sixties <laughs> and there's not a lot of people that say that, but I totally am. <laughs> I got to tell you. My ego right now is like, what? You've got a D plus in something? You're only getting a D plus still, Nicole? <laughs> That's the thing you got out of this? 
it's so funny. No, like I got so much out of this, but it's just, just to, it's funny that like, that was like, wow, D plus gosh. And go, you got to pick up your game. Well, you work on that and then I'll measure it for you down the road and we'll see where yeah. you're at. That's so funny. Well, Marilyn, it was such a pleasure to have you on the show. I hope you guys who are listening right now got um, a lot out of this, um, that you were able to kind of see how it works and maybe you were able to draw some parallels with your own life and maybe it sheds. I'm, I'm hoping that that's what happened because that's why we did it this way was that it might shed some light on and, and create some parallels into your own life and what might be coming up for you right now. And of course, if you feel inclined and you feel called to do this, you may want to work with Marilyn um, and have her do some soul realignment uh, with you through these kind of readings relationship type readings, whether it's with yourself, with another uh, Marilyn, let my audience know how they can find you. Uh, my website is lifeguidecoaching.ca. And if you uh, like, I have a free guide to living a more authentic life. And that's at lifeguidecoaching.ca slash guide. Oh, okay. Perfect. Yeah. And are you on any social media, Facebook, Instagram, anywhere? Yes, I'm on all that. So okay. just at lifeguidecoaching for okay. Instagram. So um, I'll get the links from you. And guys, I'll leave all of that in the show notes below. So if you want to find her, um, it's really easy. But of course, go check out her website uh, lifeguidecoaching.ca. She's Canadian. Yo guys. She's like, from where we were born in the same town. I know we only meet now once I'm in Denver. So, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah well, such a pleasure. Yeah. yeah I, such a pleasure I, to have you on. Thank you. What a beautiful gift you have. And uh, guys, I love you so much. And of course, uh, don't forget Forbidden Journey Retreat. Uh, tickets are on sale. We are, well, at the time of this recording, who knows when this go actually goes live. So it'll be a few weeks from when then, but we're already 50% sold out. So if you want to come to Colorado and you want to spend three transformational nights with me in Breckenridge, Colorado, uh, tickets for that are down below. And of course, if you're interested in the group coaching, all of that is in the description below as well. I love you guys. Have an incredible week and I'll be back with you next time. Thanks again for joining me for another show on the Enlighten Up podcast. I love you guys so much for all of your continued support. So remember to raise your vibe, find your tribe and be open to the infinite possibilities held in the mysteries that surround us all. Thanks again for sharing the show with your family and friends. And if you're new to the show and you need to find out more information about me, please head on over to my website, NicoleFrolic.com, where you can join my newsletter. And please follow me on Instagram, Telegram, and YouTube. Keep your light bright and I'll see you next week.